Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. It is time for another set apart to serve series conversation. Joining us today, a voice you might recommend. Re- recommend. recommend. I mean, shake. <laughs> Recollect. That too. Well, we, we would recommend. Might remember. <laughs> Joining us today, Pastor James Cleland of St. Mark Lutheran Church and School in Houston, Texas. Also happens to be student recruitment ambassador for Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Hello. Pastor Cleland, welcome back. Thank you. It's so good to be here. It's like you never left. I feel like I never left. Well, we still hear your voice each day. Oh, that's unfortunate, <laughs> but... <laughs> We did just because you moved to Texas doesn't mean we let go of everything you did here. Well, where are my residual checks? That's you know, <laughs> what I'm wondering. <laughs> we, <laughs> kidding. Set apart to serve, encouraging both young people and second career adults to consider church work vocations is this conversation we've been carrying on on Fridays yeah. throughout much of the year. And we're interested in hearing your story about your path to becoming a church worker because there are some interesting twists, twists and turns yes, and surprises. in this story. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your path to becoming a church worker. Well, I, you know, I got to be honest, it, it, it all started in the 1980s oh, wow. when, when my mother noticed I should probably be a pastor. And I think she probably told me, I don't know, third grade or something, James, you know, you you can be a pastor someday if you want. And I I promptly ignored her for the next 20 some odd years. So, you know, I I, I was a reluctant church worker. I got my start in college. I kind of got pulled into the summer camp ministry world, Uh specifically summer camps for for children with learning differences. And, and, you know, I was more interested in the, the, the fun of summer camp. You know, I get to I get paid to hang out for 10 weeks in the summer and play games and, you know, yay. Okay. But that was my, my first taste of ministry back in the early 2000s at summer camp. And I then promptly left college and went to go make a ton of money being a school teacher. <laughs> and, you know, that was a lot of fun. So I ended up getting pulled into the, the private Christian school I was a student at in Georgia and was a teacher there. And I found myself with summers off again. So I was like, well, I'll just go work at summer camps. And I did that for a time. And then that eventually became my full-time job. I found myself doing summer camp year-round. And it was just beautiful ministry stuff. And, you know, they say ministry is messy. And it's really messy during the summer at a camp for kids. And it's just it's beautiful. And I got kind of really the bug for ministry then. And I, I never looked back. Now, Lutheran ministry was, was a whole nother thing, though. So I ended up working in kind of some non-denominational camps and would come across some theology and things where I was like, wow, that, that sounds different than what I learned as a kid in church at my Lutheran church. And I started to like, you know, really want to know, well, why do I believe what I believe? And ended up at a really awesome church in the colony, Texas, called Soul Thirst, a Lutheran church there with Pastor Patrick Miller and Pastor Bill Brimer. And they, they started like asking me those questions too. It's like, do you know why you believe what you believe? I'm like, I think so. Well, you're good with kids, but you, you need some training. 
I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, and they they convinced me to well, convinced me. They they encouraged me to to start seminary. And I was a Lutheran school teacher at the time, full time, and helping with the the youth group at Soulthirst. And the program I got plugged into was the specific ministry program at Concordia St. Louis. And I did that for four years, and it was amazing. I loved it. Got plugged in with an amazing cohort, another a group of, of seminarians and, and vicars who became pastors. About I had about 20 guys in my cohort, and I'm really close with all of them. And got to do ministry kind of part-time while doing that. I was a bivocational pastor. That was my specific call. But over time, I found myself just really falling in love with, with the parish side of ministry, the, the nitty-gritty counseling you do with people and Bible classes and preaching, and I just fell in love with it and realized, I, I want to do that full-time, but my specific ministry was was bivocational. So after having some more conversations, including with my mom, who I, again, had ignored <laughs> for years, she's like, you just need to go to the seminary. I've been telling you for 20 years, go there in person, take your whole family there in the middle of COVID. It'll be great. And that's what we did. We, we packed up and moved to St. Louis a couple of years ago, and I did the residential program at Concordia Seminary and came out with an MDiv. And then while I did that, worked at KFUO. Which was absolutely amazing. I don't know if you guys remember me. A little bit. Yeah. And (laughs) (laughs) reluctantly left KFUO to take a call in Texas and Houston at St. Mark Houston with the awesome pastor, uh, uh, Matt Popovitz. And I'm I'm learning everything I can from him while I'm there. And it's just been a really long journey, one that if I just listened to my mother initially (laughs) would have been a much shorter journey. But, you know, it... It was kind of awesome, this roundabout path that brought me to St. Mark and to full-time pastoral ministry. I wouldn't have it any other way. Maybe my wife would because it was a lot of, (laughs) you know, moving the family and that kind of thing. But, yeah, that's that's the long story of how I got into it. Just key people along the way were, you know, parents and pastors and teachers and— all these people who just were like, "Hey, you you know you're you're doing pastor type stuff. You really should get some training." You know that <laughs> seems to be a theme in my life. Of James, you're 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 doing something that that's important. You should probably get some training. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> it's so interesting whenever we share stories like this. I mean, some people have a very straightforward path to seminary. Yeah, there's a lot of people who have a very winding path that leads them into professional church work. But yeah. it's also just very interesting that if they had taken the straight path, as you, you could have. Like, yeah. There's all of those experiences and, and formational things that God was using during those times that you wouldn't have had. Absolutely. So it, there, There's know? so many skills I have now from, from working in, in various jobs. I guess I'm a, a second or third career pastor for really <laughs> counting careers. And I think it makes me a much more nuanced pastor at times, mm-hmm. understanding the educational side of things from my teacher background, the recreational side of things from my summer camp background, the the corporate side of things from some of the other jobs I've had. It's just I think we need more second career pastors that can partner with our preferred root pastors who come right out of you know college and go straight to the sim. There there is strength in both roots. And I think when those pastors work together and, and, and the deaconesses work with them too, who come from all kinds of different backgrounds, we just get a stronger ministry team across the Synod. And it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely beautiful. When you deal with mosquitoes and marshmallows, I mean, at <laughs> yeah. camp, 
<laughs> I could see how that translates directly into what you're doing. Today. It totally does. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, but one of the fun things I like to do is bring that that camp stuff into the Sunday morning Bible class. You know, games and food, and 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 maybe even going outside once in a while to do stuff. I mean, I'm 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 now teaching adults way more than I have that I'm teaching kids now. But I'm using all of the summer camp stuff to teach adults, and they're loving it. They're loving it, and and it's just way more fun. So yeah, your experience as an educator—you mentioned that that's been helpful as well. Your your years as a teacher, absolutely. What are some things that you're finding from your time as a teacher that are are, are really useful now as a pastor? Yeah, I, I find there's a lot of times where pastors are thrown into the classroom, and they're more natural. You know, exegetes and 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 they can oh man, they can go to the original languages in the Bible and they know all the the fancy theological terms for things and they are solid theologically, but don't have a ton of experience in the classroom with taking that amazing knowledge and teaching it in ways that's approachable for all ages, all learning styles, all walks of life. And and that's where I find my teaching background really helps is I can take the the beautiful gifts that the seminary has given me and take them and teach them to people in an approachable way that's fun, that takes into consideration learning differences. I mean, that, that's one of the great things in my background in learning differences, to take that into the classroom. Because on any day, someone ha- you have learning differences. You know, you might have just had a bad morning, and, and you, you're going to have to have a teacher who engages with you a certain way. So that's, that's a lot of fun, is to take the educational stuff into the Sunday school, but also to the pulpit. Sometimes we, we just do data dump from the pulpit. You know, we, we, we teach by speaking, which is so important. But there's other ways people learn. So are there ways to work in different learning styles into your sermon, whether it be visual things or auditory things, even food and smell. I've worked into sermons. The other day I had a sermon where Dr. Pepper was one of the the images in the sermon. And when everyone left, they got a Dr. Pepper, you know, <laughs> kind of tie the image with with taste and experience. So I think the teaching stuff, I can't I can't keep it bottled up, even from the pulpit. I'm, I'm like working that in. Can't keep it bottled up. There you I go. I see what you did there. Oh, was... man. <laughs> Thanks. That's a dad joke right there. <laughs> well, we did that dad joke episode that's, once. This is you know, true. I, I had that leftovers I needed to work in. That so. is far out of my realm of experience. <laughs> <laughs> what about, you, you had a, a short little, what, about a year here at KFUO. Yeah, a year and a not, half. Not too short. Yeah. You spent some time serving alongside with us here at KFUO, and we're so grateful for that. What were some of the things that you learned in your experience here that have served you well? You, you know, was there anything valuable that you oh, took? Oh, <laughs> lots of valuable stuff. I've, I'm, I'm already putting to use all the audio engineer stuff I learned here for, for podcast projects I'm doing at St. Mark, for my, my Bible study, which is on YouTube. You can search for St. Mark on YouTube and find my Bible study. So I'm using all the, the technical skills I learned here. But, but also, I have developed a love for our hymns. Hey! I was not, I mean, I was like too cool for hymns before I got here a little bit. Like I had the classic ones I liked from a kid when I was a kid, right? I don't think I had cracked cracked open the LSB in like five years or something. And then I got here and I was like living in it. And I love our hymn tradition. I think the LSB is one of my favorite Bible study tools too. Just taking a hymn and looking at the verses that apply to it, you know, because down at the bottom of the footnotes you got verses. I just so got into our hymns and I, I I really appreciate what KFUO does with with keeping that that tradition alive, and I'm I'm just I'm excited with challenging people to, to to dig back into that and find new ways to bring some some modern flair to some of those old hymns. I mean, like that one Jesus Priceless Treasure version we play on the radio all the time. I love it. You know, just updated stuff. It's fun. 
We are continuing our set apart to serve conversation today with Pastor Cleland of St. Mark Lutheran Church and School in Houston, Texas. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our Set Apart to Serve series today with Pastor Cleland of St. Mark Lutheran Church and School in Houston, Texas. He's also Student Recruitment Ambassador for Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. And you might remember him from his time here at KFUO Radio <laughs> as well. Yeah. Great, great pal to have in uh, service together, proclaiming that good news of Christ for you on KFUO. Anytime, well. anywhere. There you go. It's like ingrained in you, right? <laughs> it is. You yeah. have to say it. I do. <laughs> What would what would you say is, or how would you describe the need for church workers today, particularly in our church body, in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod? Yeah, I, I'm not going to use negative terms. I'm not going to say it's a dire need or anything like that. We, we It's all opportunity. There are so many opportunities out there to lead and, and minister to people in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. I know of plenty of churches that need pastors, deaconesses, DCEs, teachers, all the different called positions we have. There are so many opportunities and it's 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 a a good problem to have because it means that you're not going to be unemployed if if you go through our <laughs> ministry routes there's so many opportunities so that that's the big thing i would say is no matter what your background is there's somewhere we can plug you in that's going to use those skills to further the kingdom do you have those conversations with people? I know I know you ha- you have an official capacity with yeah. the seminary, but just as a pastor with all of these different vocations you've had, do you have these conversations with with either young people or adults about the the future that you could have as a church worker? Absolutely. I don't think you're ever too young to hear that you could be a church worker. Pastor James, guess what? I go, "What?" grade pull me aside the other day and say, "Pastor James, guess what?" I go, "What?" I'm going to get baptized soon. I go, "That's great." <gasps> And he's like, and I'm also going to be a pastor. I'm Aww. like, you bet you believe it. That's awesome. So, so cool. you know, it's, it's, I remember having some of those conversations when I was young. You know, my mom and other people like, you could be a pastor someday or you could be a teacher. So, you know, I like to have those conversations with, with, the youth in our church, my own kids. I've told my son, who's six, you would be a great pastor someday because he preaches to me all the time. I need it. And but I've also had conversations with some people who are are retired. They're on the other end of things. They they've finished their traditional career, and I'm like, yeah, but we still need you. You want to go do the S and P program, or you want to go to the seminary and be a, a a pastor in your as your second career, your your post retirement career, because we need people with your experience. And then everything in between. I'll talk to to college students who aren't quite sure what they're going to do after they graduate college. I'll talk to people who maybe have lost their job or are, are looking to change careers. And there's, there's somewhere for you in the Lutheran Church. We need you. And there's lots of opportunities. But I, I that's what I enjoy is talking to 
everybody about how they could get plugged in to church work at some type of level. You do like to talk to people, right? Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> you like to have conversations and meaningful conversations. Where are you finding those opportunities to have conversations? As And thinking, you know, keeping in mind you know, other pastors who are listening today, like what are the opportunities that you find to have conversations? What might they be looking for ways to have conversations? You with? know, there's, there's students you can talk to, family members you can talk to. There's the people in your church. There's the people on your street. I even had a, a really funny situation this week that, that is just a good example of the doctrine of vocation, that, that God's going to put people in front of you. I had a telemarketer call me, and, and I'm, I am not always the nicest person when a telemarketer calls. And I, and I kind of – I think it was a scammer, so I kind of strung him along a little bit, and I was like, ah, never mind. I don't need anything. And he's, he got mad at me and hung up. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I went too far. And then he called back ten times. Oh, no. <laughs> and I finally picked up the phone, and I was like, I was like you know, are you having a bad day? He's like, well, well, yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, I made it worse, man. Let, let let's talk for a bit. And and 15 minutes later, I got off the line with with a gentleman, you know, across the world who got it put in front of me, despite me being kind of a jerk. You know what I mean? So with recruitment, with with church worker stuff, you know, I'm always thinking it doesn't matter who's in front of me. That there's some type of conversation that that could happen that not only could be a a, a, a way to talk about Christ, but also church work down the road. You know, even within the Lutheran Church, we sometimes pigeonhole people, you know, thinking, oh, they're only good for that particular ministry or that one. I'm willing to have the conversation with anyone of, of what would it look like if, if you were doing this full-time or part-time or volunteering to be a church worker, so... Helping people see that, yeah, that some, path is actually possible for Sometimes them. they just think, oh, I, I'm just this. I'm like, no, mm. no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. No, you're a disciple. <laughs> you mentioned the some of the people that were important to you. What were some of the the things that they said to you, the conversations that other people had with you about this vocation, things that you learned from other people about what it means to be a church worker? Yeah, I think a couple of people I talked to the most were my pastors, both when I was growing up and and also in my in my 30s and, and late 20s. And, you know, they let me know that not only the sacrifices that, that were made for them to be there, but kind of some of the rewards of church work, just the things that they have seen happen over the years, despite themselves. I think that was the biggest conversation was a couple of my pastors like, despite me being this broken human being, God has used me you know, as, as a mask and as his hands to do beautiful things. So James, you may think that you're just too broken for ministry, that you've got too much, you know, sin in your life for ministry or whatever it is. But God uses broken people. And and I had a, a few pastors remind me, "Hey, remember remember Noah, remember David, remember Abraham, remember some of the stuff they got up to? James, you 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 you're ready." You know, you know, that's not to say that, yeah, there's certain things in our lives we probably should take care of if we're going to go out and be the public face of ministry. But it was just really good reminder that you're never going to be perfect enough for ministry. Does that make sense? You, you're just not going to be. So God's going to use you despite maybe your weaknesses. I mean, look at Moses. I, I, he had some weaknesses, but God used him to do wonderful things. Having gone through this formation and all the things that led up to it, the the years as an educator in camp and all the people that encouraged you along the way, what are you enjoying most about being a parish pastor now? <laughs> I, 
I absolutely love, and this is funny because we're on coffee talk or a coffee hour. <laughs> I love sitting down with people over coffee and talking. There is a really cool coffee shop near our, our church, and I'll just go in the morning sometimes, sit there, and run into parishioners, parents from the school, other people from the community, and I get to just share the gospel with them, you know, through word and deed and, and, and coffee. And that's just one of my favorite things is just living life with other people and being a resource for them and, and looking for every opportunity to proclaim the gospel and share gospel gifts with them. I just love being a pastor because it's my job to do that. It's beautiful. <laughs> what are you looking forward to now that you've now that you've a- arrived, I suppose, in this vocation <laughs> that your mom told yeah. you you should do a yeah. very long time ago? What are you looking forward to being able to kind of expand into pastoral ministry now? Oh my goodness. I- I'm looking forward to just the, the various opportunities that just keep popping up, whether they're digital or in person, to, to preach. I love I love teaching and developing curriculum, so I'm really doubling oh. down on that right now. I'm really enjoying being a student recruitment ambassador for the seminary because I, I, I get to go around and just you know, tell people my journey and how they might have a journey like it and, and, and to be open to that conversation. I, I just, I love it. I love all the connections I get to make. I love walking into the International Center here and I, I run into people I know from, from all kinds of different Lutheran stuff. It's just beautiful. So I can't get enough of it being a pastor. It's, it's great. You shared a couple of times how you ignored your mom for years. Yes, when, I still do. But so here's your opportunity. Oh. Is there anything you'd like to say to your mom today? Oh, oh no, I yeah. Laura Cleland, thank you for for helping me realize that that I, I I needed to be a pastor. And and thank you for preparing me for that. And my dad too, Randy Cleland, thank you for preparing me. Parents out there, I'm gonna say you are our, our greatest asset when it comes to finding church workers. You know your kids, and we have some opportunities coming up at the seminary, things like Focaccio, where students can come to the seminary <clears throat> and see what's going on, get a taste for, for what, what ministry life is like. So yeah. parents, you're on the front lines. Thank you for everything you do. Yeah, Vocatio coming up this summer. I know registration is open for that very soon, if not already. That takes place this summer, I think June. That sounds about right. Students, high school age students can come on campus, take theology classes, some service learning opportunities as well. All Just a really good experience to be immersed in seminary life for about a week, I think. Yeah, and yeah. We'll, I, I'm sure we'll get to chat about that with some more of our friends at the seminary in the very near future about Vocatio. It, it is a great opportunity to experience that. And you're right, parents are so valuable in helping young people people see their potential for serving in a Mm -hmm. church work vocation in the future. So I'm glad your mom did. I am too. And your dad too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for spending some time with us today, sharing your story. Before we go, a little bit about what you get to do as a student recruitment ambassador for Concordia Seminary and how folks can find out more about that. Yeah. So we have recruitment ambassadors across the United States, and we're kind of your, your regional or local representative of the seminary. So if you know someone who's thinking about ministry, joining ministry, or if you want to yourself, I'd go to csl.edu slash admissions. And there's information on all the different student recruitment ambassadors on that page. And there's a contact link and you can get plugged in to have coffee with one of us <laughs> and ask us questions and, and start on that journey. Very good. Pastor Cleland, thanks so much, one, for the time that you spent here with us while you were a student at the seminary. My pleasure. And and sharing with us in the the great work that we get to do here each day. It was a joy to have you then, and it's nice to see you when you get to come back in town once in a while as well. Thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thank you. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org slash SAS. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. (laughs) 
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.